What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. Happy Thanksgiving pod Eve. It's your boy Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. So I'm confused. What's wrong with Craig's voice that's fine with Mrs. Zoom's voice? I also don't like Mrs. Zoom's voice, but I've Okay, because you complain every time Craig <laughs> does it. And Mrs. Zoom, you're fine with it. Maybe that's why Craig's having stage fright today. I love how literally no one knows what we're talking about right now. Anyways, I'm Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. For those of you who don't know, when we record, we either use Discord or Zoom, depending on what's working that day now, I guess. (laughs) And we have Mrs. Zoom that records our (laughs) Zooms, and we have Craig that records our Discords. Oh, Craig's recording now. (laughs) I just got a message. I'm telling him to leave. Get out of here, Craig. How are we doing? It is, as Mav said, I don't know what day. I'm hoping we can get this up before Wednesday. But yeah, Thanksgiving Eve, how are we doing, team? Oh yeah, David's not here, by the way. I don't know why he didn't tell us, but he's not here. Just gearing up for the holiday season, I guess. Did some Christmas shopping. What'd you get? Got some stuff for my dad, some Under Armour gear. That's exciting. It doesn't feel like Thanksgiving is in five days. Four days. How? Whatever you five four depends <laughs> how you count the days. It does it. Yes, either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Depends if you count today. Oh, okay. Well, well, is tomorrow one day from now or two days from now i mean depends what part of tomorrow what are you talking about (laughs) what i'm saying is (laughs) i mean tomorrow Tomorrow morning how many many days away is tomorrow morning about half right yeah, a little over half a day. This is the dumbest conversation I've Round participated up to one. in. <laughs> so this is probably going to be a shorter podcast. As you all know, Carolina did not have a football game this weekend. But they are playing on Friday, not on Saturday, on Friday at 3.30. Is that correct? Yes, 3.30 kickoff. 3.30 in Chapel Hill, we have the Fighting Irish visiting uh the university of north carolina for what is it the second time in like three years they played what our junior year junior or senior something like that aaron were you in school when we played notre dame yes uh that was my sophomore year gotcha Anyway, we did not expect to see the Irish back so soon, but um, they are in the ACC, so here we go. They are good at football. Carolina is pretty good at football. We are now the number 25 team in the country, according to the AP pollsters. When does the college football playoff poll come out? Does that happen Tuesday? I am not aware specifically. I feel like they did put out something that it might have just been ESPN's ranking where it was 
want to say Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and someone in Texas a was five. So, yeah, Tuesday. So, I'm going to, my goal is to get this up before Tuesday. The um, poll comes out at 7 p.m., or the show, the reveal starts at 7 p.m. So, we might be higher or lower than 25, but all we have at this moment is the AP poll. I think the offense will keep being the offense against Notre Dame. I am very concerned for our defense. I, I mean, with their performance, we talked about this, I want to say two weeks ago, whenever they did play Clemson, um, if that offense comes out against us, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, probably. I agree with that. But again, now that Notre Dame is in the ACC, we have seen their coastal game against Louisville, that 12 to 7 game. They are liable to lay an egg. I do not know if this is one of those teams that gets better as the year goes on. I don't know if they're going to regress. But, I mean, needless to say, this is a statement win if Carolina can come out and beat Notre Dame on Friday. Of course. Of course. I mean, even if we did pull out a victory, I think we still have to have one or two things go our way before we're really back in the chance to go to the ACC championship game. I'm just trying to try to keep things as tempered as possible. Yeah, I do not have high hopes for this game. I'm just going to go in and hope we play well. If we play well, I'll be happy as long as no bullcrap happens like the 2015 ACC championship game. (laughs) As long as it like ends in a like, yeah, they beat us kind of way. I will be, I don't think I'll be too mad over how this one went. Aaron, how are you feeling going into this game? I mean, you know, like I'm obviously hoping to win, but if we don't win, it's not the end of the world. I think like per usual, the defense is going to give up a lot of points and the offense is going to score a lot of points. And it will depend on which one does better at scoring or giving up points. I am interested to see how so noon at home has been when we have been pouring on the points and times other than noon on the road is when we have been playing not so hot. Now we have a 3.30 game at home. I don't know how that combination leaves the heels. But both teams have had two weeks to prepare no one should be coming into this game like hurt as always in a pandemic we are waiting hoping that everyone is healthy in that aspect but we will see how this all shakes out elsewhere across college football did y'all watch a lot of football this week i feel like carolina off weeks it's tough for me to i did not watch a single bit of football yesterday Really? I watched Liberty lose to NC State, which was not a good game. <laughs> as much as I tweeted about it um, after afterward, that was a very boring football game. It was 15 to 14, I think, was the final. And State's defense played the best they've played all year. Also, Liberty's offense looked 
bad, which I haven't watched a bunch of Liberty football, but that has not, their hallmark has been their offense. And what has happened in their previous games is they've been shootouts and Liberty's offense just happened to put up more points in their defense. This game, I want to say Liberty's defense showed up, but it really didn't. Bailey Hawkman did not have a great game for NC State, but was able to put up just enough points to edge out Liberty, who lost on a missed field goal, the most glorious way to lose a football game in college football. So I am happy with that result. I'm just scrolling through. Oh, Indiana lost to Ohio State, which is very sad for me personally. <laughs> um, but it seems like Ohio State is going to win out the rest of the season and go to the playoff. Yeah, most likely. Unless they run into the juggernaut that is Northwestern <laughs> Wildcats, who I don't think they have many obstacles before getting into the um, Big Ten title game, I think they're like one or two wins away from getting in. Mm-hmm. And we know that Ohio State does have a history with losing games against teams that they should beat the crap out of the past five years or so. Seems like one or so of those teams every year gives them trouble. I mean, that game in the past has been Penn State, and they are terrible. It's not necessarily been Penn State. They lost to Purdue one year. They lost to Iowa one year. Like, it's been a variety of teams. That's fair. But I don't want to sound like a broken record, but Michigan took them overtime to beat Rutgers. And Um, not a very pretty overtime. (laughs) And I am... There was a very, uh, there was a debate in my family's sports group chat last night because my cousin predicted that Luke Fickle, uh, current Cincinnati coach and former Ohio State interim head coach and Ohio State alum, is going to be the next coach at Michigan. And we got mm. into the debate of if an Ohio State co- uh, alum will ever coach Michigan. And then my dad extended it to me by saying, would a Carolina alum ever coach Duke? And my cousin says, no question, yes. Like, you don't turn down that job. My dad says, no way an alum ever takes the job. And he says that if he were a football coach, he would never coach Michigan football. And I think it's a valid question to ask. Like, if you were Carolina's – if you were – not Carolina's basketball coach. If you were a basketball coach and you were offered the job at Duke, would you take it? Depends on that contract. (laughs) if we get a big buyout in that contract if you underperform in a year and they have to pay you x millions of dollars to not coach them sure why not so what i said is that's a top five like a, a no question top five job in that industry there's no way you turn that job down would i rather have any other job on the same tier yes but i would rather coach at duke than coach at, say, app. But here's the thing about, like, tiers with these sorts of programs. I don't think that the tier really matters because, like, Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas are all on the same tier. But I don't think any of those schools would 
in those fan bases would tolerate anyone outside of the family, you know? That's true. I mean, I... Go ahead, uh, sorry. I think that that's a valid point, but, like, John Calipari wasn't in the Kentucky family. That's fair. Um, What about Bill Self? Like, I'm looking at it. I think that for certain schools, that's valid, but it's an overrated thing for a lot of places. Bill Self, the only connection he had to Kansas was he was an assistant there for one season in the 80s. But, I mean, um, that's still the family, though. Coach K was not part of the Duke family. But K made Duke what it is. Duke well, is different now than it was in the 80s. Like, I think that Carolina is the exception to the rule with having coaches from within the quote-unquote family. Because we've had a Carolina person be the coach of the team since Dean Smith. Yeah. Was Dean Smith a um, – was he an assistant to the, the dude from the 50s? Yes. He was yeah. an assistant for three years. Frank um, McGuire. Frank McGuire, yes. that's his name. Um, here's my thing about Luke Fickle. If Cincinnati makes the playoff this year, does he leave? You don't think that he would leave for a blue blood school? If Cincinnati makes a playoff this year, I mean, you kind of at that point, the playoff is still like in the in like the scale of college football. It's new. College football has been around since the 1850s. So is the playoff has been here for what? This is seventh year, sixth year. The college football playoff is very new. If they can prove that uh, in the pandemic year, I know that this year is weirder than every other year of college football ever, besides like the Spanish flu seasons or and the, the war seasons. If he can prove that the G5 can get into the playoff, I think that's compelling enough if there is enough support from the Cincinnati boosters. I don't know what Cincinnati booster culture is like, but if they, if the boosters can rally around Luke Fickle, that's kind of a perfect job. You win 10, 11 games every year and no one ever questions you. And that's possible to do in the AAC every now and then people look at you for a college football playoff. I think that's a great job. I don't know. I mean, I think it's hard. I think that, one playoff year is not enough, in my opinion, to make a job at a school like Cincinnati greater than that same job at a school like Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Cincinnati, by the way, did a good job of putting away UCF, who is good this year. They are just not the UCF that we are used to from the um, the Scott Frost years. Speaking of Scott Frost... <laughs> Uh, Nebraska football, LOL. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else from the college football weekend? Clemson, Florida State was postponed. So we have not gotten to see the wrath of Clemson after losing to Notre Dame yet. And I think that's the only other like big game that got postponed. Miami is having all sorts of troubles with COVID. Uh, Manny Diaz, their head coach was tested positive for COVID. 
and a whole bunch of games got moved around because of that. I think we talked about that last week, but well, let's move on to the heels for basketball. It's basketball season, everybody. We made it somehow. They're having a college basketball season. The heels have College of Charleston on Wednesday. I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. I don't know anything about College of Charleston basketball, especially not this season. But this game is in Chapel Hill. Have we heard anything about fans in the stands? I don't think they have any updates, so I would say probably going to be maybe family only. If a that. cutout of me is going to be there. My mom told me that her and my dad got me a cutout of myself for Hanukkah. Very nice. I know that the bench situation, I know there are no risers. We heard that from the Carolina Insider. And they are, the benches are going to be set up so that I guess it's going to be kind of staggered like we saw in the NBA bubble and the coaches are going to be on the baselines at the Smith Center. Interesting. Are there going to be seats where the risers are? Because I know that there are seats that they can put there. Or is it just going to be like nothing's pushed out and it's open space? I feel like the latter. I guess we'll see. Because I feel like that could change. Like, I I know that no fans is already changing how a space plays, but that could change it even more. Yeah, for real. But... If for starting lineups, it seems like it's going to be Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Leaky Black, Garrison Brooks, and Armando Baycott. I believe that's correct. I haven't heard anything about Dayron Sharp starting, so yeah. I'm assuming Armando's going to get the start. But they did. Uh, it was Inside Carolina reported that they anticipate both Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, which definitely did go against some of our uh, predictions mm-hmm. with, well, I think, most of us. Um, putting Playtech at the two spot and just on a seniority type deal. But if, if I guess that's going to mean something good if RJ's already planning to start and they're going to start two freshman guards. I, I'm definitely wanting to keep things a little bit tempered until we kind of see how yeah. things really do work. I think that there are definitely going to be some growing pains. I think that there would be regardless because we don't have anyone who's run the offense before. Like, I don't think you can count Andrew Playtech, Anthony Harris, or Leaky Black being the second string ball handler as running the offense. I mean, the way I see it, it is probably going to be like a Marcus Page, Joel Berry situation where they ran side by side in the starting lineup, and then when Marcus stepped out of the starting lineup, then Joel stepped into the one. It's probably going to be a situation where Caleb sits down, RJ moves to the one. Mm-hmm. I think Andrew Playtech is going to get plenty of time, as we've been hearing from his, from literally his entire career at Carolina. He's knocking down shots in practice, so <laughs> we are hoping that translates to the game. I would be thrilled if he does, and if he gives us the same kinds of defensive minutes that he gave us last year, that would be great. I'm going to use this as my PSA to Tar Heel Nation that I try to give every year. Please do not overreact to November and December basketball. (laughs) No, I definitely want to make it clear, like, at this point, I have no other expectation than a borderline 
uh, tournament team with maybe first, second wing, uh, second weekend ceiling and nothing more. I, I don't know. Oh, wait, hold on. Say, say that again just to make sure that I heard you correctly. Or uh, basically our ceiling right now, I would say more first weekend and sli- uh, slash tournament fringe. I believe that this is a down-year Carolina team. I feel like an up-year Carolina team is a Final Four National Championship contender. I think a down-year Carolina team is a Sweet 16 team. I think I feel my expectations for this team are to get out of the first weekend. I don't know how the tournament is set up, but y'all know what I mean by the first weekend. Win the first two games of the tournament. Effectively, Sweet 16. Yeah, Sweet Mm -hmm. 16, and... After that, everything after that is icing. We can always adjust these expectations once we get to March. I'm hoping they're higher by the time we get to March. We definitely have the senior leadership to be one of a, be a great team by the time we get there. But there's so many question marks on this team. I don't know if it's fair for me as a fan to expect more than that right now. Aaron, what do you think? That's fair. I think that I know this is a strange prediction, but I don't think that we, I think that we will either be a round of 32 team or an elite eight team, not in between because historically the majority of the time we do not lose on the first game of a two weekend set or of a two game set on a weekend in the tournament. I remember looking at it last year uh, or two years ago. Um, And since we've had coach Williams, we've lost in, the Thursday or Friday game of a weekend twice, I believe. And that's all been in the second weekend. Uh, no, 2007, 2008, we lost in the final four. Oh, never. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. So sorry. I, three, I three, thinking... three times, three times we've lost the first game of the weekend. I was thinking we've never lost the first game of the tournament. Um, and I'm looking, I don't know. 2004, it says, Second round. I don't know if that means real second round or fake second round. I don't think there was a, a fake second round. I'm I, sorry. Roy Williams has never okay, lost yeah. the first um the first game. First of the round. Yeah. 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 At Carolina. True. I'm not sure if that's true for Kansas, but at Carolina, he definitely hasn't. Yeah. So the only years that we have lost on the Thursday or Friday game is in 2008, 2015, and 2019 so i guess i have high expectations for this team i just know what a roy williams coach basketball team can be and i hope that is reminiscent of that and not of last year which was oh that was rough (laughs) last year i hope we can we never experience that again but hey what a comeback story this year is going to be all revenge games so (laughs) revenge tour yeah, because we've already kind of done our our surprises, our uh, disappointments, and such an X factor for the season. You've already projected a starting lineup. Now it's just we got to see what the team is made of, what the team's looking like, uh, what kind of outlook they have going for them this year. I just hope they can shoot. Oh my goodness, that was so frustrating last I mean, year. Every <laughs> hope our listeners can hear that. Um, everything has pointed to in practice that not even just a 
they're making them in practice. They don't make them in games. They just said there's just a more consistent shooting level in across the board since in this class compared to last year. I mean, we don't need this team to be a great three-point shooting team. We need them to be an average three-point shooting team. If they're average, the bigs will do the rest. The bigs will clean up the misses, and they will put them back. Hopefully, they go in this year. There were so many missed layups last year. But I think if this is an average three-point shooting team, we've, we're cooking with grease. Mm-hmm. Is, we're cooking with grease? The term I thought was we're cooking with gas. We're cooking with peanut oil, okay? <laughs> All three. This is all going way over my head. I'm so hungry. We're going to order food later. A quick NFL chat. Browns won. The Browns did win. You beat the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. Wentz Carson win. Wentz sucks. <laughs> Wins a win. A win is a win. I agree. Panthers Speaking shut of, out the Lions. Yeah. The Panthers pitched a shutout somehow. The freaking worst third down defense that the league has ever seen before this game in the last four games leading up to this one we forced two one two punts <laughs> um, in this game we have a shutout this team has a lot of fight they have a lot of energy and i appreciate that Teddy Bridgewater didn't play. P.J. Walker got to start. He had two very bad picks in the end zone. Other than that, he looked great. Um, I mean, great. He looked good. He had a really good pass to D.J. Moore, a 52-yard bomb to him. And he just looked competent. He looked comfortable out there. He didn't really get shaken. And I feel good having him as our backup quarterback before the game, Matt rule said that draft position would not impact how he puts the quarterbacks in the depth chart, which is kind of a rest in peace to Will Greer. I'm not sure if he makes it to next season, but yeah, I'm happy with this game. We definitely left about 14 points on the board, but when it's a shutout, you take what you can take. Brian Burns is one of the best pass rushers in the league. That's all I have to say. The Titans. Beat the Ravens. I honestly quite shocked. I mean, given we've kind of been struggling the past few weeks, they have a really good defense. Our offensive line is just becoming more and more just beaten and battered by the week. So I was not having good hope. But we managed to take it to overtime uh, after A.J. Brown absolutely – just refused to go down. He broke four tackles to score what was our like go ahead touchdown, and then the uh, Ravens came and tied it up. Um, and then we got the ball, so you know what that means. Uh, the Kings getting the ball, and Derrick Henry literally handed them an L. He took a run up the left and then did a, a jump back to the right, and it literally forms an L, goes in the end zone, beats the 30 to 24. Thank you for your service. Uh, just keeps doing it again. That's his second overtime walk-off touchdown this year. He broke a thousand yards today. Titans fans have just been so blessed with running backs. So I'm just happy that he's on my team. All right. 
elsewhere across the league, I'm not sure if anything, I mean, Joe Burrow, rest in peace to his knee. Yikes. He got folded up in his game against Washington. Hopefully he's okay. He tweeted, um, I'll be all right. Something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, I'll be all right. I'll see you next year. So he's definitely done for this season, but they need an offensive line. Mav and I were talking about this before yep. the show. Yep. They have five team needs uh, for this year's draft. It is offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, and offensive line. They have – their offense isn't bad if they can protect Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their offensive line is just terrible, terrible. Yeah. You're not wrong. Taysom Hill got the win against the Falcons, which, as I tweeted earlier this week, is the funniest timeline. <laughs> I actually haven't looked at his stat line yet. I know that he didn't miss much. But also, from what I saw from Red Zone, they weren't asking him to do much either. So, the what I heard, though, from that game is... The Saints defense looked good and the Falcons offense looked terrible. So it is official Joe Burrow towards ACL. Ugh. That's unfortunate. Shut him down for next year, too. Just keep tanking him getting offensive linemen. Oh, that sucks to happen in November. Because mm-hmm. that almost completely wipes you out for the next year. Yeah. Well, nevertheless. The Texans beat the Patriots. The Texans have been a bit of a dumpster fire this year, but maybe the bigger dumpster fire has been the Patriots' defense. They are, I think, statistically the worst defense of NFL. And that's saying something if you have watched any amount of football this year. Lots of stuff, lots of transactions in the NBA. Mav, you keep track of that more than I do. Did anything stick out to you? For what? NBA transactions? Um, there's been a lot of things. So pre-draft, uh, we had a Oh, yeah, there trade. was a draft. <laughs> uh, we did have the draft, too. Uh, shout out to Cole Anthony. It was Lone Tar Heel got drafted number 15 to Orlando. He's definitely going to get his opportunity there. They definitely need scoring and someone to compliment Markel Fultz. So he's definitely going to get his shot in Orlando. I wanted him to go to somewhere like Boston at 14 or Portland. Uh, but just didn't fall that way. They're still a pretty decent team all around uh, with Steve Clifford and staff. So I think he'll be totally fine in that system. Uh, right before the draft, uh, there was a sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich to go to the Bucks, and then it fell apart. We were like, we haven't even done, <laughs> we haven't even done like sign and trade. So there was some obvious tampering going on there. So they investigated that. Um, the Lakers. Got better, quite honestly. Rajon Rondo left, went to the Hawks. They got Wesley Matthews. They got Montrez Harrell from the Clippers. And then they also traded Danny Green uh, to Oklahoma City, who was then traded to the 76ers. But ultimately, the Lakers got Dennis Schroeder, too. So they definitely got some really good players coming Mm -hmm. next year. So they're going to be just fine. Uh, The 76ers have been making moves, so they got Danny Green now. They just also traded. Oh, 
they did unload Al Horford's contract. Al Horford went to Oklahoma City. They got Terrence Ferguson, I believe. Uh, Dallas. Yes, Gordon Hayward took that monster, <laughs> almost almost Nick Batum like deal. Yeah, potentially uh, to the Hornets. I'm going to Charlotte just so he's closer to a Bank of America. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Yeah. Um, I would say Dallas had, I think, a pretty good draft. Uh, we we have absolutely stacked up on wings and, and such. We got Josh Green out of Arizona. We also drafted, I think, one of the underrated players, Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Uh, he's a, he's, they've been small like a poor man's a second round's Trey Young. Uh, as that kind of just crazy shot that he can make, he has really deep range. Uh, we got uh, – oh, I'm trying to think. We did re-sign Trey Burke, which I was excited for. He played really well in the bubble for us, and so got him on a very team-friendly deal. We did trade Justin Jackson – to Oklahoma City, we got um, Josh. We did my theory thing too. We traded Seth Curry. Also, that was the one to the 76ers as well. So the 76ers got some shooters now with Seth Curry and Danny Green back. We got Josh Richardson. We also got James Johnson in a, uh, the trade for Justin Jackson. So we have definitely upgraded defensively. Uh, we've got our enforcer now, James Johnson, who is a literal black belt and is seven and no in an MMA career. <laughs> so. Now, when Marcus Morris wants to pull up on Luca, he's about to get drop kicked. So I'm happy about that. Other ones, I think there was a lot of like resetting. Going Dragic still with Miami. I'm not sure. There's still a lot of names out there right now. AD did opt out. They're waiting on his deal, but it sounds like he is signing a pretty big contract with the Lakers. Jason Tatum just signing an extension with the Celtics. So I think. I think it's good. I, th- I think Charlotte still is going to be a pretty decent. I can't say they're not. They didn't get worse. They also got Lamelo Ball in the draft. I mean, if he has anything like he's been touted, or if the whole Ball family's been touted, that's still going to be a plus. Gordon Hayward, when he's healthy, is a really good player. So, I think there's still a lot of teams this year. I think Phoenix. We we didn't even talk about Chris Paul getting traded to the Suns. So the Suns are going to be a really solid team this year. The Warriors, of course, going to be back. It sucks. Clay Thompson did tore his Achilles, but after rehabbing all year with his ACL that he tore in the finals against the Raptors, he's going to be out yet another year. So I do hate that for him. I I mean, my timeline was having a field day with Mr. Education Reform coming down <laughs> to, to Charlotte. Yeah. They might make the playoffs. They're still going to somehow find a way to disappoint. It's just what <laughs> <laughs> it's what the the Hornets do. I almost called them the Bobcats. Um, yeah, they're just not a very competently run franchise. So I don't know. Did anything else happen to world sports this week? I feel like it was a relatively quiet week. I agree. I think it was pretty quiet. I don't really have anything else to talk about. I am continuing my Christmas movie, um, my Christmas movie reviews for Adi's family Christmas movies. I watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and it was oh, perfectly fine. <laughs> it's all right. Few Christmas movies that I've seen. <laughs> 
But like other that than movie. that, I mean, it's it's okay. I don't have anything against it. Yeah. I'd rather watch the old one from the 60s that's 30 minutes than this one that was like an hour and 45, but... <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm playing Spider-Man for the first time. Spider-Man 2018? Whatever the one on PS4 is. It's a great game. As I told y'all, I got a new console last week. Quote unquote new. New to you. Yes, exactly. It might be one of my favorite games of all time. It's fun. Like, I don't know. I haven't gotten fully used to like the feel of the swinging on a spider web around town like I'm more used to like the Batman flying on the wings method of travel I feel like that feels more precise but it's also way slower I think I mean my first game whenever I find a PlayStation 5 is going to be Miles Morales, which I've heard is a really good game. So, we will see. And I'll probably get 2K or something after that, but I don't know when people will... I don't know when there's going to be another PS5 available, so... We will see. Well, everyone, happy Thanksgiving. Please stay safe. Please do not go to a large gathering. Please get tested before you see your parents. I hope you have a nice week and we will see you later.